0: G'day, mate. 40 here. Got some uh, pretty disturbing news on Twitter. All right, officials say. Officials say. So you better take it seriously. Surging Twitter anti Semitism unites fringe, encourages violence. Who says this? Officials say. So you know that they're disinterested, pragmatic, non ideological, just seeing reality for what it is. Online comments often lead to real-world actions, social media experts warn. Okay, and uh, what's the evidence for this? I'm really looking forward to seeing, seeing the evidence for this. Current and former federal officials. Whoa. Current and former federal officials. What do you have to do to become an official? Like, what sort of credentials do you need? Uh, a surge in hate speech and disinformation are both completely subjective categories. There's no objective definition of hate speech that would not include the Bible, for example. Disinformation in the eye of the observer. Disinformation about Jews on Twitter is uniting and popularizing some of the same extremists who have helped push people to engage in violent protests, including the January 6th, 2021 attack on Congress. Well, the January 6th protesters didn't kill anyone. So, you have the Black Lives Matter protests, which were responsible for thousands and thousands of murders, extra murders in the United States. So, I'm just curious, there's a surge in hate speech about white people and disinformation about uh, police. Did that unite and popularize the same extremists who would go on to murder thousands of people in the United States? So, officials are predicting that Twitter will contribute to more violence in the months ahead. So, what do you think is going to cause the most violence in the months ahead? Uh, right-wing disinformation about Jews and online hate-, hate speech, or the effects of Black Lives Matter and its elite allies who push, you know, bogus claims about structural racism in police force. So. Citing the proliferation of extreme content. So if it wasn't on Twitter, would people really have that hard of a time finding it? Including support for genocidal Nazis by celebrities with white followings. So Kanye West, right, as a Christian, says he has to love everyone, including Hitler and Nazis. Really, that's support for genocidal Nazis, because he's taking the Christian approach that you need to love everyone and the re-emergence of QAnon proselytizers and white nationalists. So, when you look at the, well, over 10,000 people who've been murdered by Black Lives Matter, the massive increase in traffic deaths and pedestrian deaths that have been spurred by Black Lives Matter because police have dialed back on law enforcement, and then how many people have been killed by QAnon? Like a dozen, a few dozen? I mean, it seems like 1,000 For every 1,000 deaths on the Black Lives Matter side, you have, like, one death on the the QAnon side. Okay, since billionaire entrepreneur, so billionaire, you know he's a bad guy, Elon Musk, or Twitter, he slashed more than half the staff, including most of the people who made judgment calls about what counts as impermissible slurs against religious or ethnic groups. Very scary. I wonder what uh, officials say. So even before must take over some Twitter users were encouraging confrontations with transgender people. You're meaning they weren't going along with how these transgender activists wanted to be addressed. And so that is that is bad. Right? You don't support you know, someone's change in identity and you're doing violence to them. Uh, This is not tolerance as just allowing, this is tolerance as in you must support their their new identity. And others who were falsely depicted as groomers. Okay, so all sorts of non-racists get falsely depicted as racists all the time. There are a lot of slurs that we throw around. It's just here a part of the human condition. think that uh, that, we, we come up with nasty names for people groomers. Like I want to take back the term grooming so that it means something good. Like grooming used to mean good things. Like how do you think I look so amazing this morning? Because I am well groomed. Right? I would like to think that all my years in charm school, right, all my years in Seventh-day Adventist School and Public School, they groomed me to be the online sensation that I am today speaking to you from Coogee Australia with seven live viewers. I was groomed, but it was a good kind of grooming. It wasn't a bad kind of grooming. We need to take back the term grooming and groomers to mean people who do good things, who educate, who inspire, who guide, who help bring out the inherent goodness in every individual. Let's take back the term grooming. Let's make it a positive term. Okay, the new wave of anti-Semitism has reached millions of people. It's brought new followers and helped galvanize a broader coalition of fringe figures. So I suspect that this broader coalition of fringe figures is going to self-destruct all on its own. Define anti-Semitism. How many actual anti-Semitic violent hate crimes are being committed? It's weird how they try to conflate spreading conspiracy theories with violence. I'm not buying it. Absolutely. I totally agree with you, Alexander. And how come... There's no single category even of uh, anti-Gentilism, right? For, for just as many proportionally Jews fear and have negative feelings towards non-Jews as non-Jews have towards Jews. But uh, officials say. Okay, we got our first official here, Denver Riggleman, I right, a former Air Force intelligence officer later served as a Republican member of Congress. Then was on the staff of the House Committee investigating the January 6th attack. Okay. So, distinguished man, like credentials I don't have, Air Force Intelligence Officer, Republican Congressman, on the staff of the January 6th Committee. Okay. Let's call him an official. This type of escalation and hate and dehumanization, the hatred of the Jewish population is really a directed target. Violence is inevitable. Yeah, but if you. If you allow people to drive cars, right, if you allow people to own knives, you know, violence is inevitable. The question is, what is the correlation between hate speech and online disinformation against Jews and violence directed at Jews? Is it a high correlation or a low correlation? Are there other things that correlate more highly? And uh, I suspect this is a very low correlation. There have been nasty words flung around for thousands of years and only on occasion do they lead to actual violence. They only lead to actual violence when there are profound conflicts of interest between groups. All right. There's one official. Department of Homeland Security on Wednesday warned that domestic terrorists were maintaining a visible presence online. So what constitutes a domestic terrorist? Like I would think that if you call someone a terrorist, they had to have committed violent actions but I suspect when they talk about violent domestic terrorists, these are people who haven't actually committed any violent crimes. In attempts to motivate supporters to conduct attacks, I think the whole Kanye West, Nick Fuentes, Milo phenomenon will probably turn more normies against anti-Semitism than toward it because it just looks so ridiculous. Really? In a full face mask, appearing on Alex Jones. I don't think most people are going to think that's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, so. Department of Homeland Security warns there are increased risk for racial and religious minorities and gays and transgender people as well as government institutions. Well, the greatest risk they face is the increased risk of violence unleashed by Black Lives Matter and the increase in traffic accidents, traffic deaths, and pedestrian deaths again unleashed by Black Lives Matter and elite wars against policing. So the police have backed off, people will behave worse, more people die. Recent incidents have highlighted the enduring threat to faith-based communities, including the Jewish community. Yeah, I have been in Jewish life pretty intensely for 29 years, and uh, there are very few faith-based institutes in Jewish life. I don't see any evidence allowing people to freely talk and exchange radical and extreme ideas somehow folks and real-life violence, right? and it may very well at times. but what's the correlation right? compared to the enormous amount of violence that's been unleashed by Black Lives Matter and the whole deep, loose policing movement, the whole movement to let people out of prison? Like we know who commits the vast majority of violent crimes if we just uh, kept these people locked up in prison until they're past age 40, right? they're not going to go out there and commit a whole lot of uh, new crimes. So, yeah, where are these faith-based communities in Jewish life? And even if it does, it's constitutionally protected. Yeah. So, this uh, DHS bulletin made clear that online and offline conduct often reinforce each other in a cycle of escalation. Does it make that clear? Why does a bulletin released by DHS bureaucrats make clear this connection? Just I've be- got news for you. Just because a government department releases a report does not mean it's true. Doesn't mean it's accurate, doesn't mean it's wise, doesn't mean that it correlates with reality. It just means that a government bureaucracy released a report. There's absolutely no inherent connection between a government bureaucracy releasing a report and truth. Sometimes they coincide, sometimes they don't. Where is this clear evidence that online and offline conduct reinforce each other in a cycle of escalation? In okay, recent shootings at the Colorado Gate, Bar drew praise online. Yeah, how and where do we draw the line when it comes to what we call incitement? Yeah, when you're directly calling for criminal behavior, then you know, I think our legal system does a pretty good job at generally speaking of what constitutes incitement. So I'm happy with, with the law as it is, is written. So the recent shooting at a Colorado gay bar was done by someone considers himself a non-binary, so a member of that community. Right? They, they, weren't, they weren't radicalized haters by what's going on on Twitter. So DHS says the recent shooting in a Colorado gay bar drew praise online encouraging potential cast strikes. So Black Lives Matter has mostly peaceful protests, 93% peaceful protests. Do you think they also stimulate more protests. It just seems to go towards minority report territory, persecuting people before anything even happens. As the chat, but right. what about you know all the Black Lives Matter rhetoric and protests and criminal behaviour? Seems pretty evident that these things drew praise online and encouraged other similar behaviour. New Jersey man was arrested last month after publishing an online manifesto for attacks on synagogues. And a second man was caught with a gun after tweeting about plans to shoot up the synagogue and die. Okay, but is this correlating to Elon Musk taking over Twitter? That just because it happened at the same time, right? Correlation there doesn't mean causation. The idea that there is a difference between online chatter and real-world harm is disabused by a decade of research. Okay, where is that research? This is Julia Kayam. I notice she's just a relentless left winger a security business founder and former assistant DHS secretary. Open expression on Twitter re-socializes the hate and rids society of the shaming that ought to occur regarding anti-Semitism. So I don't automatically dismiss this. I just want to know the evidence for it because in my reading of the literature, the evidence for this is rather slender. Most alarming to Joel Finkelstein. Okay, here's another official. He's a co-founder of the nonprofit Network Contagion Research Institute. He's been the unification and elevation of voices little heard since the Capitol attack. Hmm. So are they really unified? Really? Like, who's unified? I mean, we're talking about incredibly anti-social people. Uh, like, I'm highly suspicious of claims... That all these antisocial people on the extremes are being unified. Where's the evidence that there's unity? Like these people can't hang together for more than a few weeks, generally speaking. But this makes me sense that uh, his NGO, Network Contagion Research, the speech they are persecuting is not supported the way anti white and Christian rhetoric is. Yeah. So you can trash Christians and white people all day long and get very little playback for, for doing that. So it seems like most non-governmental organizations, like the Network Contagion Research Institute, are captured by the left. And so all these officials, they seem highly partisan. People want to create shooter profiles, identify red flags, and arrest monitored people for pre-crime like go after the people terrorizing Chicago. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. Okay, I lost my stream there, but we're back. All right, the National Contagion Research Institute, a right, uh, highly unbiased institute, I assume, has been tracking various indicators that show anti-Semitism is on the rise, including fast-multiplying Twitter references to the New World Order a bogus theory that features cosmopolitan elites sometimes explicitly Jews wrecking institutions and values in multiple nations to exert more control. So, sometimes New World Order references are anti-Jewish. Frequently, they're not. I'm not a believer in the New World Order. I'm not scared by the New World Order Just uh, doesn't seem like a terribly impressive theory to me, but does it help? Bloody hell. It's really going to lead to a multiplication in you know, violent crime. Okay, Joel Finkelstein says he's seldom seen anything as dramatic as what happened when the rapper and producer Kanye West came back to Twitter and posted clips from an appearance on the internet show of Bankrupt Fabulous Alex Jones, where he said, There are a lot of things that I love about Hitler. Yeah, this is unique, like what Kanye West has been doing the last few weeks is unique, it is dramatic, it is uh, compelling but more in a train crash kind of way than in the way that this is going to be uh, shaping hearts and minds like what kind of normie is going to look at Kanye West's trajectory of the past six weeks and say, oh yeah, I want that in my life it's not the that uh, Ye yeah, said something to his 32 million followers on Twitter that even most uh, Nazis keep to themselves. It was that he let the band Alex Jones, the racist Nick Fuentes, tweet from his account. Or, and he gained followers since proclaiming on Twitter he was going Deathcon 3 on Jewish people. Okay, just because you get followers and attention doesn't mean people support you. Is a train wreck quality to what Kanye West is doing. It's good Jews are finally speaking up for themselves, but they should remember they are vastly outnumbered by bloodthirsty Christians who <laughs> had a high the ground. So I was listening to Jay, i and he says that uh, Kanye West is blowing up his finances so he doesn't have to uh, send so much money to his ex-wife, Kim Kardashian. So it's not uncommon when men, after getting a divorce settlement, they're not too happy with that they decide to blow up their finances. So just because Kanye's gotten a lot of attention doesn't mean that people are going to buy into what he's selling. Uh, if, a, if a naked man ran by right now, I'd look up and wonder what the heck's going on, but I would not be persuaded to follow him. I would not be more likely to get naked myself. I would not start you know, running around stark, raving naked. I think the reason the mainstream media is comfortable mentioning Alex Jones, Nick Fuentes' name is because they have no social media. There's no easy way to follow them. Hmm. Kanye is using anti-semitism to popularize a long list of actors who have been censored for a long time. Trolls are climbing over the walls to start new accounts. This is a bonanza." Look, uh, even when Nick Fuentes was being censored and shut down by all the the mainstream forms of social media, he still had over 80,000 live viewers on election night. At least he did in 2018. So people who wanted Nick Fuentes, Alex Jones, Milo content were able to access it. Yeah, their their reach was probably restricted somewhat. Man, these pigeons are really making a racket. I'm trying to produce a very respectable show here. these, These pigeons are making it hard for me to keep pumping out this high quality content with such supreme audio visual quality. Bloody hell. So, very scary. All these officials saying we've got surging anti-Semitism. So, researchers said that Elon Musk is not doing enough to counter hate speech. What the heck? My phone is going haywire. Uh, so many of these activist groups are mad because all the people they used to have a direct line to at twitter they no longer have a direct line to because they've been laid off so Elon musk has just slashed the the trust and safety team i think the average boomer or zoomer who only knows how to use apps and sees nick fuente's names Has no way of uh, seeing his side of the story is is it is it that hard to to find nick fuente's content so these, these NGOs saying they're getting fewer responses to their complaints. The Anti-Defamation League said the proportion of tweets it, re, it reports that lead to a suspension of fallen by half. Well, I think that's a good thing. I'm not really thrilled that an ethnic lobby like the Anti-Defamation League gets to decide you know, social media policies for billions of people around the world. So Finkelstein says his group has stopped reporting anything to Twitter because all of his contacts at Twitter are gone. So these officials say racism and anti-Semitism work to draw attention. Yeah, there are a lot you can you can release a sex tape and that will draw attention. But if Lib Medley finally released his back catalogue of sex tapes celebrity sex tapes he would get a tremendous amount of attention I'm not sure it would lead to people following his behavior or following his political views or social views there are a ton of ways to to get attention it doesn't uh, necessarily mean that people are going to follow you so the, the pigeons here are very bold very bold indeed they just come right up to you they have no fear, no shame. It's so safe here in Australia, like even the, even the birds, even the animals feel safe. So, extreme views get engagement from supporters, critics. Right, that's true. Right, the more intense, the more emotional content you put out on outline, the more interaction you'll get. But this comes with an enormous price. So, extreme views get engagement from supporters and profit. Yeah, there's an element of that. It also leads to people burning out really quickly. Right? Not a lot of people have managed to sustain themselves. Australia doesn't have the kind of urban populations that we have here in the States. Yeah, it's just so remarkably safe. And I'm looking around and I can't quite put my finger on it. Like, how is Sydney so different from Los Angeles. I just can't quite put my finger on, on what's doing it. So they're concerned, the officials are concerned that uh, extremism gets engagement and reap gets profits. Yeah, it also burns out, like... Uh you can release a sex tape, and you might be able to make some money from it, but it will come with an enormous price to your long-term, long-term welfare. And so, political, cultural, religious extremism too—it can get attention, but it's going to come with an enormous price to your long-term welfare. So, Andrew Anglin apparently is backed, and. Uh, Twitter's software is recommending that people following him. Does controversy create cash? It can at times, but it's not so simple. It's not like a one-to-one correlation. Like I've had more than my share of controversy in my time, but uh, hasn't led to hasn't really led to a windfall of uh, of cash. And there was one other article here that I wanted to show. It is uh, Xi Jinping. Right. He's going on a charm offensive. So why is the dictator of China going on a charm? Right. The more pragmatic Xi Jinping launches a global charm offensive for China. Right. Why? Why is he doing that? Because the way he's been doing things hasn't worked. China's in trouble. China's falling apart. There's widespread hatred for China. Right, by other countries. Uh, the Chinese people increasingly loathe Xi and the Chinese Communist Party. So here's the Washington Post article uh, more pragmatic, all right? It's just a pragmatic guy now. Xi Jinping launches a global charm offensive for China. So for three years he stayed cloistered during COVID. Now he's been on a global charm offensive. He's met formally with 26 heads of state. Because he's in trouble. Like all these signs, every day there's like some new sign, new indicator that uh, China's in a bit of bother. So Xi is facing a wave of internal dissent not seen since Tiananmen Square. Triggered by his zero-COVID policies. He has been a terrible leader of China the past few years. And he just makes terrible decisions. The people hate him. Yeah, Putin more secure than Xi, says the chat. So you have protesters rallying in Beijing last week declaring we don't want a dictatorship. Uh, Police are knocking on people's doors, detaining them for attending demonstrations. And Xi keeps uh, meeting with heads of states of other nations. So Xi has changed from the combative wolf warrior style Right, which is how he's operated for years. So, he's working to repair strained ties and improve a damaged international image. In other words, China is loathed, China is hated inside China and outside China. And China is in increasingly desperate financial position, increasingly desperate internal security position, Increasingly desperate economic position, increasingly desperate you know, trade vulnerabilities, increasingly desperate technological challenges, right? So, every day, new signs that China's in trouble. The world is changing, China is changing, says one professor. Thank you so much, professor. So, Xi diplomacy. I also think there is resistance in the government in China to Xi's military posturing. Yeah. Like, would any of us be shocked Michael! if you were you know, assassinated, killed, overthrown in a coup in the next you know, few weeks, few months? Right. The United States is increasingly cracking down on China, restricting the flow of technology to China. Xi is suffering problems with legitimacy at home. He's got rising domestic turmoil. And he made... Since seems when you dialogue with liberals, it is never-ending, unwinnable battle of proving that you're not racist. Yeah, this is what Ronnie Goodman points out in his conservative claims of cultural oppression. So Kanye saying, yeah, I'm those things, so what, even in jest. <laughs> it's a base response. Yeah, obviously, if you play on the liberal playing field, it's going to be you know, very hard to win. If you're continually doing battle on the enemy's playing field doesn't usually work so well. So Xi met for three hours with Biden. He's just traveling around the world. Right? He's trying to ease tensions. Right? Why do people want to ease tensions? Because the tension is not working out in their favor. Because they're afraid of the trajectory that they're on. And China and Xi Jinping should be very afraid. Now, I'm not back in Australia permanently. I plan to be back in Los Angeles at the end of January. So, during COVID, Chinese officials hit back aggressively against criticism of the country's role in the pandemic, against its suppression of the Uyghurs and other ethnic minorities, as crackdown on pro democracy demonstrators in Hong Kong, its escalating threats towards Taiwan, and its support of Russia. During President Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine. So that was the bellicose Chinese response. Is anti Semitism bad? I haven't encountered any. No, it's not bad. So there have been occasional outbreaks, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. But over the past 25 years, things, are, things have been pretty good for the Jews in Australia. I mean, they've been. Have I, I've never been to Azrak. So, Australia. At, say in t- 1918, uh, someone described Australia as the place in the world least influenced by Jews. So, by say 1930, like Australia had was a country with like only the 30th most Jews in the world. Now it's in the top 10 for for Jews in the world. A lot of Jews came during the 1930s, 1940s, and 1950s. So uh, there are about. Uh, 100,000 identifying Jews in Australia, about 200,000 overall. So they're about 0.5 of the Australian population. Uh, The community has tended to be insular. Uh, Jewish leaders here in Australia have not tended to speak out on political issues. Jews don't dominate discourse in Australia like they they do in in America. There isn't a big, you know, Jewish intellectual movement. There aren't uh, publications equivalent to a commentary magazine here. So, if you looked at, say, the most influential Australians, Jews would probably comprise about 5%. But when it comes to the richest Australians, then Jews may be as high as 50%, depending on how you calculate it. But uh, Jews have mainly excelled in Australia in the realm of business, particularly hung- Jews of Hungarian origins. Uh, billionaires are probably about half-Jewish. But a uh, community much more insular. I've always thought of Australia as having a large ethnic Irish and Scots population. Yeah, they also have lots of Italians, Greeks, Lebanese, Turks and uh, Asians. So the country was originally primarily English, and uh, still you know, strongly Anglo-Saxon. But uh, the Jewish community here doesn't speak out as much as in America. Not as influential as they are in America. They uh, keep keep quieter. They're very well organized, uh, fairly harmonious between themselves in Australia. So Xi welcomed the German chancellor to Beijing, called for the two countries to seek common ground in a time of change and chaos. So if you're going out there seeking common ground with the people, it's because you need it. Brazil has a large Jewish community in Rio, but they're very under the radar. Yeah, the Jewish community in Australia largely plays under the radar. Will I ever have facial hair again? I may. Who knows? I don't have a strong opinion on it. So, Xi Jinping is no longer the wolf warrior, right? He's uh, trying to leave behind him his bitter, angry, sharp warrior diplomacy. Because uh, China's losing the global PR game, it's losing alliances, it's uh, losing friends, and so also she's trying to strengthen his hand at home by showing how well he can get on with, with other nations. Because he's now facing... Yeah, look out, ladies, the topless streamer is prowling, prowling Australia, the and bad son. Yeah, about to get a go for a dip in the water, mate. I'm an American Jew. At the times, i like my community to not be as political, and part because the politics are liberal, and I am not liberal. So... Australian Jewish politics are pretty much down the center. So there isn't the hard you know, left domination of Australian Jewish life as there is in, in America. So, yeah, she's trying to strengthen his hold on power by feeling. Chinese social media and news with images of him meeting with other world leaders, they're trying to glorify Xi Jinping they show a grandiose return of China and Xi Jinping to the world stage, that China's back and Xi Jinping is back and stronger but uh, in reality both China and Xi Jinping are in a lot of trouble and so people tend to get very charming when they get into a lot of trouble Yeah, I I don't think he's going to do such a a great job hanging on. So he's backing way off on uh, confrontation. Though he did go after Justin Trudeau. (laughs) That was a widely shared media where Xi Jinping goes after Justin Trudeau. That was pretty funny. But uh, with, with pretty much everyone else, Xi Jinping is uh, trying to make nice. Okay, it's time for me to jump in the ocean, swim about, dive into the waves. Talk to you later. Bye bye.